There's an old saying about making assumptions. Even sometimes they're called rules of thumb. When it comes to retirement, there are just so many assumptions folks make that can really be detrimental, difficult, sometimes even impossible to recover from. So today we cover six financial planning assumptions to avoid on your journey to and through retirement. And we offer tips to help you. Stay with us. And now, Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade is founder, managing director of the firm Money Matters USA, a fiduciary. Fred holds a Ph.D. in economics from Duke University, and Fred Sade specializes in retirement planning. This is Money Matters USA. In the podcast today, we're going to cover assumptions to avoid in retirement planning. I mean, we all make assumptions, but of course, there is that famous figure of speech about the dangers of assuming things in life. You should never assume because when you assume, you make an of you and me. And so true, so true. That was Felix Unger, um, the TV version of The Odd Couple, played by Tony Randall, uh, back in 1973, Fred. And that saying yep. was probably along uh, around way before that even, I'm sure. Yeah, to be sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, you you know, retirement is very tricky. It's, it's not a template. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Uh, uh, today, I mean, retirement assets from 130000 up to, you know, five, six, ten million, mm-hmm. or, or even more. So, you know, making assumptions can be very, very dangerous. They can be harmful. Um you know, one of the assumptions that people make is they're going to retire at age uh, 62. And uh, the research shows that uh, if you pick 62, you probably will retire somewhere around 58 to 60 involuntarily, probably. And if you guess 65, you probably can get somewhere between 63 and 65. So how long are you going to work, you don't, uh, you don't really know. So people do retire uh, at different ages. And um, y- you just can't make an assumption, you know, that um, because the cultural thing is to retire at 65, that's going to be your number. Also, you may uh, have to go back to work by choice. Or you may find it's necessary uh, to not only supplement your income, but also to uh, keep active, keep involved, to make to make friends, maintain relationships. There are a lot of reasons uh, for this, but you know, there's also the issue of uh, longevity. Social Security's full retirement age now is 67. 
And uh, we have uh, an, employment, an Employee Benefit Retirement Institute study that was uh, done last year. It's their Retirement Confidence Study. And they found that 41% of Americans surveyed said they continue to plan to work past age uh, 65. There, there are newer studies. There's a Transamerica study uh, that uh, more than doubles that. So um, uh, there was an older EBRI study uh, that said only 11% of people expected to work past 65, and that was in in age 1991. So So, it's gone up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I I, I think, you know, you have to consider that um, you can't worry or even think about what society's uh, standards are. Forget about rules of thumb. Uh, Your timing of your retirement may be up to you. It may not be uh, up to you. So you have to plan for a shorter runway, or maybe you can retire on time whenever that is, but you may also wind up you know, trying to split your retirement, a hybrid, where you're going to be working part-time by choice or uh, because there's real value uh, to doing that. Yeah, I see. I see people working well into their 80s now. Mm -hmm. I would like to work in some capacity uh, just because I don't have that many hobbies and I think I get bored. You know, another, though, it seems like dangerous assumption on the flip side of this is assuming that you can just continue to work as long as you want, because that's not a guarantee either. No, that that's absolutely that's absolutely true. Um a lot, of, a lot of times people don't have this conversation with their spouse or there's a significant age difference. Um, and one spouse says, okay, I'm going to retire. And the other spouse says, well, I'm not ready to retire. So you, you kind of negotiate that out and get on the same page as to when you're going to retire. And if it turns out that there's a significant enough age difference, you know, then you have to create, um, you know, your your own activities or or be involved in in other things to to uh, be busy. Could be volunteering, could be a hobby. Um, it 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 could be, you know, another part time job. There are there are tons of these out there, and there are a lot of resources out there. Could be go back to school and and uh, create new skill sets. So there might be a type of thing that you want to do, and you know that might be the the opportunity uh, for you. But the the real thing here is you don't know how long you're going to live, and uh, every conversation needs to requ- need, requires a longevity uh, analysis, uh, so that uh, if you're single, then it's an easier. Uh, takeaway. But if you're married, you have to see what the individual life expectancies are, as well as the joint life expectancies are. We use the the, uh, Society of Actuaries calculator, but there are other good ones out there. Penn Wharton, I haven't used their calculator, but I'm told that it is a a good one. Um, We know that the Social Security Administration make some assumptions, and, and they assume that uh, a male uh, age 65 uh, on average will live to 84.3 years, while a woman turning 65 today 
can live an average of 86.6 years. And, and certainly even longer, possibly, than that. Yeah. that's an that's average, a, right? Yeah, that's an average, right. And, and that's the Social Security uh, average. And mm-hmm. so if, if you're people who are more affluent uh, and can afford a better lifestyle, avoid tobacco, ha- uh, have a good diet, uh, exercise, uh, adequate medical care, take their medications as required, they're going to live longer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Social Security is everyone, but the Social Security Administration also does its own studies and it breaks them out, you know, by um, by region of the country, uh, by age, lifestyle, wealth, and so on and so forth. All these all these things are, you know, are uh, are relevant. So um, today, you know, planning for a thirty plus year retirement is is necessary. And if it turns out that you want to or can or or are forced to retire earlier. That retirement could be, you know, 35, even 40 years, could even be more. So I, I, I think that you, you have to say that retirement is different uh, for everyone. There, there, is no, there is no template. And uh, I think you have to really look at all your options. That, that requires planning. It requires where the income is going to come from. Um, I, I use a very simple, in my own life, and I, I do this in planning, I just use three buckets. I mean, I have I have a cash bucket, an income bucket, and an investment bucket. And I, I, I know where my income is coming from. I know where my emergency funds uh, are coming from. I know how I'm going to pay for medical costs, long-term care, unexpected expenses, and I know how I'm going to get through the aging process. Uh, and these these are these are you know absolute bare minimums to uh, uh, to work with. Well, and I'm sure that you talk to a lot of people who make that dangerous assumption that they won't live as long as they possibly could live. Uh, uh, in other words, underestimating their longevity. So, yes. But you can't do that. Now, so the, in other words, when you're working with someone to plan, you, and we're talking about a positive assumption here this time, you need to assume they're all going to live long. Uh, yeah, I, I assume that you're going to live longer than you think you will. Uh, I use the Society of Actuaries calculator, and then uh, we have extended conversations about what we should use as the metric. What, how many years are we going to plan for? Uh, is it going to be 25, 27, 30, 32, 35, 40, 42, 45? What, what's our metric? I mean, we have a very uh, good probability, um, you know, that one spouse is going to live to age 94, between 94 and 96. Uh, both spouses probably won't. Uh, you know, th- there was an old sore. People would say, well, yeah, if I die, my, my widow will get me married. That's not true. We don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, some of them, some of them might. Uh, what are you going to be, the, the rooster in the nursing home? I mean, it's a joke. <laughs> uh, and, you know, women live longer, so there are yeah. way more women in that uh, assisted living facility than men. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You're a hero if you can drive at night. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Oh, by the way, um, I don't know what made me think of this, really, but we opened with that Tony Randall uh, from Odd Couple, uh, TV Odd Couple. Yeah. Trend. 
and it was bleeped out. And I'm sure that in 1973, it was also bleeped out on TV. And it got me thinking about, you know, for so long, they wouldn't even show a married couple in a bed together. They would have to have the right. each in a twin bed. So I did a little research on the first couple to share a bed, first TV couple to share a bed. Most people, if you ask them that, they would say Herman and Lily Monster from the Monsters, you know, the mid-60s. Oh. Actually, it was Mary Kay and Johnny, which was an, huh. an American sitcom uh, that actually debuted in 1947, ran to wow. about 50. What, and, they, and for some reason, they were uh, forward-thinking enough to do that. But here's the question I have. How many people had a TV in 1947? It can't Not many. Be. Yeah, I was going to say. Didn't people start to get, I mean, it didn't become widespread till uh, what, about the mid-50s as far as TV ownership? Yeah, I, I think so. Post-Korean War yeah. is, is I, I think, uh, uh, when, it be, when it became more, more prevalent. Uh, I, I can still remember, I was really young, people would be lined up in front of the TV store and they'd be watching TV, couldn't hear anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you'd, you'd watch the news or, or some oh my you know, variety show. I've uh, heard about the first household to get a TV in a neighborhood. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that they had the neighbors dropping by a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. A ab absolutely. Look, I remember sitting here watching our, our green cathode ray <laughs> Dumont, our, our 80 inch screen squ squinting at the little, at the oh, little screen. God. Huge well, piece of furniture. I, exactly. There was almost the furniture was worth more than the TV. But I remember, yeah. uh, of course, you know, just like you, same with you, I'm sure we had three channels and we had an antenna mounted to yeah. the house and yeah. we had to turn if we turned channels like from channel six to channel eight we would have to turn the antenna on the house so eight would come in clearer then we would have it actually marked on that little setter on top of the tv the thing that well, set it, it's interesting because i grew up in brooklyn and we in new york and you, we had yeah, uh, you, six channels we had two okay. four five five city slicker <laughs> yeah, we had Dumont. Uh, that was the our set. Our TV set was a Dumont. Uh, Doctor Dumont was the pioneer in television. Uh huh. And then we had seven, nine, and and eleven. Well, probably uh, in two. Being in in Brooklyn, you may not have needed to see. We were about 50, 60, 70 miles from the TV station. You may not have needed the antenna mounted on the roof of the house either. No, you we did. Uh, everybody, did? yeah, we lived in an apartment building at that time. Uh -huh. and everybody, well, it was a co-op apartment building, and, and they had antennas on the roof, and you plugged into the antenna. Oh, I see. Okay. And, and, yeah, and the reception was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, all things uh, considered. I mean, if we had nothing to do, we would stare at the uh, pattern, the screen <laughs> pattern. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. I remember falling asleep and waking up to snow on the TV. Those were yeah. the good old days. Well, we yeah. actually have some more assumptions to get into. We'll take a very quick break here, learn a little bit more about Fred, and then we're back in uh, 30 seconds or maybe a little bit more than that and talking about dangerous assumptions in retirement planning to avoid. That's on the way with Money Matters USA.
Getting the right retirement strategy suited to your unique needs and desires is hitting the bullseye. You can say, I nailed it. You actually should say, we nailed it, because there's a fiduciary firm that's right there with you. Putting together the pieces of your very own retirement puzzle, it's a bullseye plan for you. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. You can also reach out to Fred Sade by visiting his website, moneymattersusa.net. And there is a very important tab to click when you when you visit moneymattersusa.net. And that is the red light program tab. Uh, Fred, it's all about that red light on the dashboard. Yeah, it is. Um, you know... There are different. There are different kinds of um, of advisors. Um, m- most most advisors do do three meetings. First meeting, give them your information. Second meeting, pre- present the plan. Third meeting, they try to close you and move your money. It's it's all about moving your money. Well, our, our focus is very very different. We want you to understand. Um, what what your money can do for you, and then you you need to decide what you want your money to do for you. Once you once you understand that, once you have control uh, over your money, and most people do not uh, have this control or understand what their money can do for them, then and only then can we get to the next step, because we're going to wind up giving you a written a written retirement retirement income plan, and we are going to cover the important things. We're going to cover income. We're going to cover taxes. Uh, we're going to cover Social Security. Uh, we're going to cover your sources of income, where they're going to come from. Are they guaranteed? Are they probable? Are they, if you're lucky? Uh, we're also going to look at um, your your legacy and your estate planning. It's very much part of uh, financial uh, planning. So once we are done, and we're going to have a minimum of six meetings with you, and by that time, you will absolutely be able to understand your retirement plan. In fact, you'll be able to tell me what your retirement plan is, and we won't stop until you can tell me exactly what your retirement plan is. So for the first time, you will have control over your money. You will know exactly what your money uh, can do for you. You'll know how much risk. We do, we do a very comprehensive risk analysis. What happens, what happens if in 2008, what would have happened to your money? What did happen? To your money, do you lose 50, 60, 70 percent of your money? Do you lose 40 percent of your money? How long did it take you to recover? If we have another 2008, can you afford to go through that again? Do you have 10 years to recover? No, most people don't. We, we have a golden rule of five to 10 percent losses. We compare what your situation was when you walked in to what the plan will actually uh, do for you. And we try to keep it within that 5 and 10% range. Now, if you want to take a cowboy wild west range, fine, you do that. Take some of your money and go play with it. And if you lose it, well, you can't blame me. Blame yourself. 
Yeah. So that's that is what that is what we do. Um, successful people have more than one advisor, and we are a planning firm, and we will do comprehensive, detailed planning uh, of the kind that you have never seen uh, before. When we when you're when we are done, you have a binder that has anywhere from 12 to 13, 14 tabs in it. And you will know what is in every single tab and why we have those tabs. And you will have a written comprehensive plan. Without a written retirement income plan, you don't have anything. That's just conversation. You've got some products and people moved your money around. We won't do anything until you are satisfied that we have hit the nail on the head. Well, and that's uh, that's really giving you a, a good, thorough look at what your retirement plan can be. Uh, 800-593-8188. Wherever you are, you can schedule with Fred. 800-593-8188. MoneyMattersUSA.net. When you click the red light program tab, the first thing you'll read is red light on the dashboard. Make sure you don't outlive your money, and no one wants to do that. We're covering these assumptions here that could really get you in trouble. And you mentioned at the top of the podcast that it could be assumptions. It could be uh, rules of thumb that perhaps are outdated. This one could probably apply to this next assumption, how much you'll spend and how fast you'll spend your money in retirement. Yeah, most, most people start with the, the so-called 4% rule. It's not a rule, really. It's just a guideline. And, um, it, it, I mean, it made certain assumptions. Most people know what it is. Uh, you draw out 4% each year, and you adjust it uh, up for uh, inflation. But it, um, it was based on uh, the fact that, at the time, stocks and bonds were – uh, the primary things that you can invest your money in, and, um, and, and bonds offset the rest of stocks. That's not true uh, right now. Uh, right, right now, bonds are, are problematic, and that's because of the high interest rates. They're not, they don't perform as a shock absorber uh, for the equity market. And uh, even dividend-paying stocks are challenging because uh, you can get very high rates of interest uh, without taking any risk or minimal risk, if you will. And uh, you're not being rewarded for duration. So why accept a 2% um, uh, dividend or when you can, you can buy a multi-year guarantee annuity and get between 5 and 6%? Uh, on relatively short duration. I mean, you're not being rewarded for going out 10 years. Uh, 10-year treasuries are up a little over four right now, but there are people sitting there with one and a quarter percent interest rates. So this is all challenging. Then the other challenge that we have is that we have found out that that uh, people spend money differently than we than we thought. And everyone is different uh, on, on this, so it, it becomes uh, necessary to do a detailed um, spending profile to figure out how you're going to spend your money and what you want to spend it on and what you want your money to do for you in retirement. Now, we used to think that money would, would flow in the so-called smile diagram. We now know that that's false. It, it actually does not uh, work. So people... Um, some people may spend more at the beginning. Others do not. Some, some people underspend uh, in retirement. They may only spend 2% uh, or 2.25% or 2.5% uh, 
uh, of their assets. And the only time that they are forced to spend money is, is later in life mm -hmm. when they have to deal with medical and long-term care expenses. So th there's really no way uh, to just generalize and, and say that this, that this is a, a template that we're going to follow. We have to see uh, what that is. The other thing is that most of the software out there uh, cannot properly simulate uh, how people actually spend money in retirement. And I don't want to, I could talk for the next three hours on, on the problems with Monte Carlo uh, simulations, but, but suffice it to say that most of them are inaccurate. There are a lot of iterations that are being done. And uh, if, 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 let's say your money has to last 35 years, and if it lasts 32 years, the simulation will say it failed. Well, your money really didn't fail. All, all it meant was that you would adjust your spending so you would, you would compensate and, and have enough money by adjusting uh, your spending. So spending is variable, but most of the software out there um, increases the amount of spending uh, by an inflation factor, which is linear, but people don't spend in a linear way. I think that's about all I should say about this, but if you want to know more, I'm happy to talk uh, you know about about this because I, I there's a lot to be said because there's a lot of research now that has been done post pandemic. Uh, the previous research was pre pandemic. The post pandemic research is very significantly different. Mm, wow. Now I suppose you can argue well things are going to revert to the way they were. Well, maybe not, not. necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean we you know when when you have when you the the pan the pandemic was very much like like a war. You know, when you have a war, th things are never the same. You can't go back right. to the way things were, and and the pandemic also broke the mold. And you're not going to go back to the way uh, uh, thing things were. Now, Look at World War II. You know, the changes yeah, that made. That's exactly right. Uh, psych psychologically, behavioral research shows. That, that people always think of, of the past as the good old days. That, that's false. Uh, but, but, that, but that's a particular kind of bias that's called availability bias. And, and people use that, and it gives you a false picture uh, of the past. Also, people when people think uh, about the future, they may be optimistic. They may not be. Uh, because memory has a way of shaving off the rough edges. So mm -hmm. all, all of these are behavioral traps that, uh, that, that again, that you, you really need to, and, you, and most people are not going to be able to negotiate these uh, on, on your own. You're not, not going to find a software program, a free program on the Internet that's going to, protect you against what we just no, talked about not at all you know i was thinking yes uh, i love what you said about the pandemic was like a war in that sense i bet you could do 20 podcasts on um how actions that were taken at the end of world war one ultimately really helped lead to world war ii Yes. In many ways. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, abs absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's a um a British a British Foreign Secretary, who, who said that um, the Americans were the ghosts at the feast. Uh, it, it, huh. uh, uh, in, in, other, in other words, our, our failure to fully engage with the League of Nations mm -hmm. uh, do, was was a dooming factor in mm -hmm. what happened uh, in, in Europe yeah. uh, and Asia, uh, because we we were, Europe needed 
and Asia needed us. Uh, you know, World War II proved that. Yeah. Uh, but we weren't. We were. We were not there. Uh, we were busy in the Caribbean. Um, you know, Haiti. In Plus, particular. we didn't have the world stage. You know, back then as much. You know, weren't the U.S. Yeah. wasn't the world leader. In no. that sense, back then. No, we 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 weren't. We were an observer uh, at yeah. the League of Nations, but we but when that, <clears throat> we would uh, provide moral suasion, but we weren't going to be involved in uh, in, in con- the only place that we were also involved. We seemed to have a, the idea of having China as a protectorate, and we were very much involved. Uh, in in China, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, had go gunboats uh, on on rivers in China, and and then there's that famous Panay incident uh, where the Japanese uh, destroyed uh, the an American gunboat, uh, and uh, we accepted the apology even though we knew it was fa- it was false. They, were, they didn't fire on us by mistake; they did it deliberately. But have, have you we seen were, Pacific on Netflix? Um, yes, I have. Oh, isn't that amazing? Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. It really is. Um, it it whew, drives it home, but yeah, it is. Well, here's our next dangerous assumption. It it um, this one centers around how much money you'll pay in on in taxes on retirement dollars. And uh, do you see that faulty assumption? As yes. uh, what I've heard is people think that it will be less. Is that right? Yeah, they do. But but people. But first of all. Uh, when when you uh, put money away before tax and you say, oh, I got this big deduction, you know, in effect, it's not a deduction. All, all you all you gotten is an exemption from income. There mm-hmm. are real deductions. Your interest on, on, on your mortgage is a is a real deduction. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, medical and dental expenses. That's a real deduction. That That is a one time and it doesn't come back to bite you in the rear end. <laughs> I mean, eventually. Uh, take take twenty five percent off uh, your your assets that are in before tax, mm-hmm. uh, because that's that that's a working assumption. Because Uncle Sam, that's money that's due Uncle Sam. So it's imperative. Uh, not only do you understand the tax implications, uh, but also uh, alternatives for tax diversification. Uh, so you're not so not only that, so you can grind down. Uh, the effect of taxation, protect your assets, and, and have a bigger legacy uh, at, at the at the end. And your money, of course, will last longer uh, if it's not being if it's not being taxed by by Uncle Sam. There's there's quite a bit uh, to do here, and we have really high quality tax planning software. We're not doing tax returns, but but we are doing retirement tax planning. It, it's absolutely essential. The, the final assumption here is believing that you'll spend less in retirement or believing you can live off less in retirement than you did while working. How do you now? I know that, I mean, anybody normally, I mean, obviously, I think they'd like to just maintain the same lifestyle that they enjoyed while working. But what do you factor into the equation to see that they can? Well, for the first thing is to tease out, do you think this, that you're going to spend 70 to 80 percent of, of your uh, income in retirement? Uh, and then you, you, that's the conversation, <coughs> excuse me, that you want that you want to have. And you might as well get it out on the on the table, because if the there's a very real probability that you may have to spend more 
because you'd in fact are in the taxation. There's no withholding uh, anymore. You're responsible for your own taxes. Mm -hmm. And if the bulk of your money is in tax deferred, uh, Uncle Sam is, is doing a, a happy dance. I mean, because it, it, you're you're facing very high levels of taxation, and then once you turn Social Security on, you got additional taxes because the system changes in how you get you get taxed. And if if um, you also have some capital gains, uh, then uh, when you have ordinary income plus Social Security taxation, that that can convert. Uh, capital gains back into ordinary income. That's a different uh, and longer conversation, uh, but but it happens to be uh, true. So uh, again, the the budget, the spending pattern, uh, all of that has to be taken into consideration. And this this is where guaranteed income above and beyond Social Security is absolutely imperative, because people who have guaranteed income are going to be more are more readily spend money than people who do not. People who do not uh, have to be very very careful, and they spend their retirement worrying about money. So coming back to what I said earlier, if you can control your money, so your money can do what you want it to do, then you don't have to worry about money. You will know exactly how much money you have, how much money is coming in every month. And when you have sources of guaranteed income, you don't have to worry about the stock market because you're gonna, your, your accounts will fill up every single month. So you can, you can be less careful about how you spend every dollar is, isn't, uh, isn't counted out. So yeah, this has to be uh, per person taking into account that people will adjust their they're spending. Sometimes they're going to spend more. Sometimes they're going to spend less. Another problem with uh, most uh, retirement planning software is it doesn't account for the variability of spending uh, patterns. So a, a, a retirement retirement needs needs a plan. It needs a budget. That but you can't really do anything until you have the budget. That's absolutely uh, imperative. And uh, again, we we have the the software, the templates, all of that to help you. Uh, figure it out. Once we do, you don't have to worry about your money. Uh, go enjoy your retirement. That's about what it's what it's all about. It is. At least what it should be about. Absolutely, it should be about that. Proper planning can help you get there. And I mean, yeah, yes, we're all guilty of making assumptions, but that's something that Fred will talk to you about uh, if you schedule with him, which again, you can do by calling 800-593-8188. The website, moneymattersusa.net. Uh, of course, not only can you um, click and should you really click on that red light program tab, but also you can click the podcast tab and scroll through the other 113 podcasts we've done. That's a lot of information. Uh, and uh, your link to that also at moneymattersusa.net or wherever you download your podcast. And thanks for downloading this one. And continue, please. We're back next week. We drop these every Friday. We'll see you again with another edition of Money Matters USA.
Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.